Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Um, Bob Forever, you are first up. What's your question? Yeah. Scenario. Uh, yeah, it's a scenario. So, if we've gone through mediation and uh, I offer for a buyout, it's still it's acceptable and he still refuses. And yeah. I go and take, I go take it through court. Uh, it's probably through the process on how long that would take. You know, what, what do I need to apply for? Yeah, so, so you, kind of- you're talking about a, a contested financial application. Um, generally, you're looking at between 9 to 12 months if it goes all the way. Um, there are a maximum of three hearings in a financial application. Um, the process to start that will be a Form A. So you will download a Form A and submit that to the court along with your court fee of £275. Um, that will then generate an application and give you a hearing date. Um, you don't have to go all the way to three hearings. The parties can settle at any of them. If you sort of, as a rule of thumb, there'll be about three months between each hearing. Um, so, and then with, you know, the odd delay or the odd adjournment, I generally say to clients between nine to 12 months. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, uh, Bob. You're... Robin, you are next on the list. What's your question? What it is, I was in family court last Friday. Yeah. There's been domestic abuse. Um, we Even though we haven't had a fact-finding uh, hearing, my... Um, daughter's father was awarded 50-50 custody okay um, with order and he's been court ordered that he's allowed to come back to my house even though he's been arrested from here yeah um so I'm gonna go ahead now and put into appeal the decision okay um how successful are they It depends what your grounds of appeal are, Robin. I'll be completely honest with you. So in order to have the success of an appeal um, considered, we're going to want to have a look at the evidence that the court considered in making its final decision um, and where you feel that the court made an error in judgment, um, on what basis. So it's difficult to say just on the the facts because some, some cases are very successful and some don't get off the ground. Yeah. Um, with the magistrate that made the order, um, I've done my sort of my own research into him now over the last couple of days. And he is, from, in my opinion, extremely biased. Okay. Like he's made a few statements. Um, he's wrote like an introduction for himself because he's on the family mediation committee. And he actually states that like the mothers are always controlling and in the driving seat. So I'm just like, right, okay. It's for me. It seems like he was more for the dads. Okay. So do do you so, think then that the order he made was unfair because of that, or do you think that it, the order that was made was still in the best interest of your daughter? I feel it was unfair um, because at one point I did speak over my barrister as well, and I said, look, like he is abusive. This has been going on for years. I just do not want him at my home. So to just 
go over that and just be like, well, he's coming to your home. Then I think the fact that, Robin, that you, you had a barrister there, I would definitely be going back to them to say, look, what are my chances of appeal? I mean, that's perfect yeah. if you if you had a barrister there and they'll be able to tell yeah. you straight off the bat whether it's going to succeed or not. Oh, fantastic. All right. That well, that would be where I start. That. You're welcome, Robin. No problem. Hello, Happy At. What's your question? My husband's... Um, we had a domestic violence incident. Yeah. Um, he's now living with his mum. Yeah. Um, we both own our house 50-50. I'm in it at the moment with my son. He doesn't work due to ill health. I've been paying the bills for eight years or so. Um, he is refusing now to sell the, the home. Yeah. Um, and he wants to keep our eight-year-old, which, you know, um, I don't want him to because I want to move to Cornwall. Um, it's getting to the stage now where I just want to up and leave. What would happen to me if I just upped and went legally? Uh well, well, nothing. What, what, what do you mean? What would happen to you legally? With, with regards to the mortgage. Yeah. No, no. That, that. Yeah. Go on. We're both liable. Yeah. We're both liable for it. Yeah. You know, if I could just, you know, say basically, you know, you can pay it from now on. You know. So not really. I mean, if if the mortgage falls into default or arrears, then obviously your yeah. mortgage provider is going to come after both of you. So that's the first thing. You're yeah. both jointly responsible for the payment of that. In the eyes yeah. of yeah. family court, what we say is that if you are having exclusive use of the property, then it's right and proper that you pay 100% of the mortgage then. So if you leave, not only has he got yeah. exclusive use of the property, but the other thing is that you have to um, provide for your own housing needs. The better way yeah, to do yeah. it is always by an order, you know, because he might yeah. turn around and say, but I can't afford to pay it on my own for whatever reason, in which case there might yeah. be some other decision made. But there would be no legal okay. consequences for, for you in, in, in that you're not going to okay. lose out on your share if, if you if you leave and don't pay. Yeah, because he's actually got quite a, a considerable amount of money from a legislation claim. Right. And I've got nothing. So um, I'm sure if the bank knew know about that, they would ask him to use that, wouldn't they? Not necessarily. So ultimately, if as long as the mortgage is being paid, they're going to come after both yeah. of you if it's not being paid. It's not for the mortgage okay. company yeah. to then look into your private, you know, stash and say, we'll use that yeah. to pay it. Okay. They're just going to send letters out to both of you, addressed to both of you, yeah. and say, get the mortgage okay. paid. Yeah, OK, yeah. OK, that, that's great. That's making me feel a little bit better. Good, that's good. OK. Thanks, Thanks then. so much, Tracy. That's all right. Bye-bye. I've got ABC, D, E, F, G. What's your question? I My ex has basically put a C100 in. Um, there has been domestic abuse, but it's more so um, religious coercive control and behaviour. Um, yeah. Um, sexual coercion. Um, and he's got indecent videos of me. We've put this all forward to the police. With regards to child contact, at the moment I've got the child with me, it's not for malicious reasons, it's more so because my ex has said before that if we were in an Islamic country, I would have full rights over him and, you know, you wouldn't have him at all. And, you know, he said things that have made me believe that if I send him, you know, he's not going to bring him back and then I would be in a position where I have to put a C100 in, which I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, um, I've got a court appointment set up um, and calf cast and think I'm speaking to them next week. I'm hoping to put my concerns across, but without making it sound like I hate my ex or doing this because I hate him. It's um, when it comes to our child, when we were separated over the period of two months, my ex wasn't so bothered. He didn't bother to ask about our son. He'd pick and choose when he'd want to see him, though we had an arrangement, an informal one in place. Um, it went nice. He's only two years old and, you know, he misses his dad, but his dad wouldn't turn up or sometimes he'd pick and choose and I just didn't feel that was right because he'd come back from seeing his dad crying or, you know, if he didn't see him, he'd be upset. It's not right. Um, I've put this forward to my solicitor and I said, look, if we do, um, if, if do we suggest to Kafkas how much is allowed or do they make a suggestion to us what's best? Um, okay, so, not, so... The, yeah, so the first thing I would say is that Kafkas will obviously make that decision. You have to mm -hmm. be really careful here. And uh, as okay. a mother, you, you sort of... Because the, the abuse that you experienced, whilst mm -hmm. that was awful and no one should have to go through that, we can't mm -hmm. assume that he will do that to the child. So that's the first thing. And th yeah. that can be really yeah. hard to park that history and those emotions to one side and mm -hmm. still be quite um, subjective to what's going on between contact with, with your ex and your child. So yes. the reasons that you've just given me as to why you don't want him having contact aren't really sufficient, is, is what I would say. Okay. And, and I know that you're not giving me a full rundown at all. You know, you're on a public forum and you're just giving me the, the peripherals. <laughs> but to say that, you know, dad doesn't ask about him, I don't think dad really cares about him. What you want to be saying to the Kafkas officer is... I am all for the child having a relationship with dad if I feel oh, yeah, sure. if if I feel that relationship is safe. Now, yes. I would then go on to say that you don't feel that it's safe potentially because of what you've experienced mm -hmm. and you will therefore need the assistance of Kafkas to help you make that judgment mm -hmm. call, okay? That might be a yes. better way to put it. So you're not blaming or you're not accusing dad of hurting the child, but of course oh, it's sorry. difficult for you to make that judgment call given what you have seen dad is capable of. And and I think See, that's, that's where the problem is, um, is I actually put a C100 in to encourage contact, but so happened to be the same week I'm putting it in, I've got this come through in the post, so I okay. no longer need to send it. Okay. Um, my concerns are more not even to do with, I know he wouldn't hurt our child or anything, I, I actually want them to have contact. The thing that worries me is that while we were separated, he didn't care, but all of a sudden he wants 50-50 every single weekend, um, which worries me a little bit, sending alarm bells. Is he wanting contact to keep tabs on me and sort of con continue okay. what he was doing to me? So so be, be, <laughs> be, be clear about um, what he's asking for, because every weekend isn't 50-50. That's the first thing I right. would say. Every weekend probably wouldn't be given or approved by the court because it doesn't allow you any downtime. So I think what I all... was thinking is that's not very fair. Well, um, all... You know, I work too... Yeah, so all you need to do is put forward what you're proposing is fair and reasonable mm -hmm. contact and then sit back okay. and wait for Kafkas to, to give their view. All right? Would it be unreasonable for me to push for a non-molestation order but bar the child arrangements, just talk about child arrangements? So so that's, that's a separate application and you're going to need to take advice on that. 
Okay. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Dignity, you are next up. I I have spoken to you before, and thank you again for for taking this. That's right. I I really, you know, I got got another piece of information from my um, my wife's uh, solicitor. Yeah. Go to your marriage. Okay, the solicitor has sent me uh, a confusing lot of things because I've listened to you. I I understand the forms. My first question is, um, do the courts have to see evidence of domestic abuse and obviously there must be a criteria before they can allow somebody to not go and um do the maya um because i'm in a very strange situation where you know i have evidence that my wife was actually cautioned and taken away and put overnight for domestic abuse and admitted to it and she is um you know, I think she's been telling her solicitor from the beginning that it was the other way around. Now, I'm very confused by this, so I suppose the first question has to be, do the courts have to see evidence or can they just take somebody's word for it? So when you're talking about a MIAMS form, you're talking about mediation. So, and, and I say this okay, just, for, yeah, just for everyone else that's listening. So mediation is a voluntary process. You do not have to show evidence of domestic violence in order to warrant not wanting to go to mediation. You simply tell the mediator that you have been a victim of domestic violence and you do not feel comfortable. And on that basis, the court will, sorry, the mediator, not the court, the mediator will give you the MIAMS form, which you can then um, attach to your application. Now, on the MIAMS form, it will probably indicate that mediation was not suitable. It won't go into details. Uh, uh, yeah, that, so, that's fine. So, I mean, I'm, 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 yeah. I can accept that. I, yeah. I understand that. What, what, what it is, is obviously it has brought forward, she's making a financial um, right. settlement application. Yeah. Um, and it has it has brought that forward. So, you know, I suppose that sort of caught me on the, on the hop a little bit because I okay. didn't think that was possible before the consent order was issued but they seem to have got somehow they have a a a, um court appointment uh booked for january and and again from everything i've spoken to people here and and all your great little helpers call them (laughs) um they have never said that they've always said that you know you needed to have passed the stage um uh, to have the consent form before you could ask the court for financial settlement. But again, can this be related to, a, you know, again, you just claim there's domestic abuse, so everybody says that's no longer relevant. Can you give me an opinion? So, yeah, idea, yeah, well, so, so, so let's be clear. When you're talking about a consent order, a financial consent order, that's where both... Sorry, no, no, I'm, I'm not, sorry. What, what I'm it... talking about the consent order for the divorce, uh, the first part of, is that what, not what... Oh, no, consent, I've mixed them up, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay, uh, go I'm on. That's okay. So, yeah, I, I'm talking about the first stage of the divorce before you can get the decree nice eye or the decree... Ah, okay. The decree nice yeah. eye, whatever that's called now. Yeah, so that. so the decree nice eye is now, is now called the conditional order. So you're... you're conditional ha- order. Yeah, so you're halfway right... We can't submit a financial order to the court until we have our conditional order, okay? But what we can do is make a financial application before we get to the conditional order. And by the sounds of it, that's what's happened. 
So the, oh, okay. your, your, other, your other half has made an application by the sounds of it for the court to decide how the finances are going to be determined. When the court decide that and an order is arrived at, it won't be able to be sent to court or sealed by the judge until you have your conditional order. Um, I mean, what I understood uh, from everything, again, was that the process wouldn't get engaged, that both people, that the court, as, as you've often said yourself, I believe, that the last thing they want to do is make a financial order. Make yes. This, and they, 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 the process of the first meeting is to gather the information, the form E's, and yep. then to ask people to go away and to consider them. And then yep. even at the second one, you would again come and be told, yep. you know, we're clarifying things and you can yep. please um, go away and make your own decision. Yes. Then obviously it goes to a different judge and at the last stage. Correct. So will that process still be in place? or? Yes, or, or absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Okay. If, if she has made an application to the court for a financial order, then you are right at the beginning of that process. And until such times as a financial order has been made by the court, then I would be suggesting you don't proceed with the divorce past the conditional order stage. So you don't apply for that final order. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, are you, I'm are you, confused about that because go on. yes, you did. You, then, all, you, you always said never to, yeah. to take the last one. I'm sorry if I'm. I'm no, I'm, you're, you're all right because maybe it's useful. no, chances are if I, you're confused, others are confused. So this is really helpful. So good. tell tell me I'm where hoping, you're confused. Um, I'm I'm confused. Obviously, uh, the let me just think. Yeah, go on. The 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 the. Appointment has been made in the court yes. for the twenty seventh of of of, of uh, January. Yes. So that would be four weeks after when the conditional order was possible. Is that right? Um, is it four weeks from the time you get the conditional order to the time they can? The, no, uh, no, no. I think the first. Okay. What, so what is that? so what what you need know. what you need Nine. to do is separate the divorce from the finances. OK, yes. so, yes, I, so, I just so that. Se separate all of that. So your divorce process is going to take 26 weeks. Divorce petition is issued. We then get a conditional order. We then get a final order. That process is 26 weeks. Running parallel to that will be your financial application. So I pr I'm assuming that the first date you've got in January is for your first hearing with regards to your finances. It will have no uh. impact on the divorce at all. It runs parallel with the divorce process. So just put the divorce to one side for a minute and just focus on the okay. finances. And it sounds as if this is your first appointment, okay? Well, I can, I can just say to you that the first appointment is asking us to have complete for me and to exchange that's right. them. And to give that's it, right. Uh, that's right. That's what should be in place by the first order. Absolutely, uh, yeah. The first, first, first hearing, okay. yeah. Um, first hearing. Um, I mean, obviously... I don't, I don't know what relevance this uh, domestic abuse element has. Um, well, I can, so I can I, tell I you kidding. now, I can tell you now that the courts, even though there's a section on the form E that asks you to give a narrative if there has been bad behaviour or bad conduct that you, bad, bad contact, conduct that you wish to rely upon, the courts won't rely on that anymore. 
Um, we, we haven't relied on domestic violence or bad behaviour or bad conduct in financial proceedings for a very long time. So it will have no bearing on okay. your financial application. So, Tracy, just to clarify, so yeah. that, that thing there that is saying uh, it's just in respect of the not, not needing to uh, go to mediation. It's just in fact of not, not participating. But potentially, in yes. You, you yes. just make a claim that there is domestic uh, yeah. and you can't engage in it, so you can just say, I... okay, well... I see, I see, I see what you're, yeah, so she, what's happened is they've ticked an exemption in order to yeah. to, to yeah. have to negate the need for a MIAMS form, and that exemption yeah. is domestic violence. Yes, absolutely, there'll be no evidence produced, there'll be no evidence relied upon by the court, the court won't even mention mediation, they're going to go straight into the first appointment. Okay, that, that's, that's fine, I will... Um... I'm, I'm I'm very grateful for all your uh, You're welcome. You do. You're okay. welcome. Thank have you. A, have a good evening. All the bye. best. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now that was such a helpful question because there lies a typical confusion where we have the divorce and we have the finances, and a lot of people talk about finances but call it divorce. And a lot of people talk about divorce and call it finances. So it's really important, guys, that you keep the two areas separate in your mind particularly if they're both before the court the divorce will always be before the court um, but always try to keep them separate so your divorce is one process and your finance is another process divorce you'll never have to go to court if you're in contested finances you will have to go to court it's a different order that's made they do rely on each other um, but they don't run, they, ha they have no intermingling apart from when we sandwich that financial order in the divorce process, okay? Um, H-Man, hello, what's your question? I was planning to go on holiday. Um, yeah. Uh, well, actually, thinking about it now, there are a couple of questions that I need to ask regarding going on holidays. Now, the court order allows me to see my children uh, every fortnight, uh, and I picked them up from school, and then they stayed a weekend with me. Then I returned them to school on Monday. Yeah. Um, now the mother is not allowing me to go on holiday on my own. Uh, well, giving the reason that uh, my holiday would fall on dates where I have to pick up the kids, and um, she's the primary carer. So uh, uh, I told her, "Look, I've given you enough notice for me to go on holiday. It it becomes." Uh, your responsibility to um, uh, set up some sort of arrangement or maybe uh, if you have a job during the weekends you need to talk to your employer about that uh, she's insisting that no if it's my time to pick up the kids on a specific weekends then it is my responsibility to be there uh, am I not intended for a holiday at all even though there's a, a, a court arrangement yeah absolutely and you know unfortunately it sounds as if your ex isn't isn't really you know is struggling with with being able to co-parent with you um clearly you know you have to have some respite yourself in the same token as that she will have a holiday I'm sure so yes I think yeah she's taken two months off yeah I think I think what it's going to mean chances are is that you're going to lose that contact while you're on holiday and she's probably not going to offer any makeup contact which is a shame really because the only people losing out there are the children um but yes is the answer to your question absolutely 
Okay, so now the, the second part of that question is, uh, is it okay for me to take March, the children uh, onto holidays as well? There's nothing on the court order that says that I cannot. As a matter of fact, uh, as far as I can remember, there's a clause on the court order that says uh, uh, if any of the parents wants to take their children uh, on a holiday, then it carries on. I can't remember what the rest of it is, but it, that uh, I'm assuming that that uh, assumes that Paul, both parties can take the children on holiday. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I mean, be guided by your order. So generally when it comes to holidays, we will have some directions in there that, you know, the parent that wishes to take the child on holiday gives adequate notice of where he's going, blah, 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 um, and that the other parent won't unreasonably withhold their consent. So it's difficult for me to answer that question without having sight of your order. But generally, absolutely, the, the court's going to want the children to enjoy a holiday with both parents. So unless there's some sort of safeguarding concerns, it'll never say no to that. Right. No, I, I do remember clearly that I put it as I put in the court hearing as a request that I do want to take my children also to Disneyland in Paris and, and to some other places to go and see their grandparents who are uh, currently not living in the UK. So they, they're, they're okay with that. I mean, they haven't they haven't really put that in wording in the court order, but it seems like it's. Uh, it's implicit when it's uh, when it's been mentioned in the court order. Okay, so then if you ask for ask mom to, to take the children on holiday and she says no, then you would need to be thinking about enforcing the order that you've already got using the C seventy nine form and saying to the court, you know, she is unreasonably withholding her consent to allowing me to take the children on holiday. Right. What's the, what's the number of that form again? So C seventy nine. C7 tonight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you very much. You're Thank welcome. You. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Um, there was a quick question on TikTok about when a non-molestation order is in place, how do um, how does that affect the child arrangements orders? Um, that will depend. So clearly, when you've got non-molestation orders, which for those of you um, uh, that don't uh, that aren't aware, they're injunctions. Um, and they will stop a person coming near you, coming to your workplace. It will stop them asking third parties to contact you, either directly or indirectly. And of course, if you have that order in place, it can sometimes make it near impossible to then hand over the children for contact. So what we would typically do is involve a third party. Um, or there might be an exception in the non-mol, whereby you can take them to a supervised place where there's cameras. You know, sometimes we'll do contact orders where we're doing in exchange in the front of a police station because there's lots of cameras there or we're doing it in a public place or wherever um, ultimately the non-mol won't take away the fact that the children should still have a relationship with both parents so you know we, we can get round it that way um, it said had to look at a non-mol today at work your help honestly helps so much oh well I'm glad Ollie that that's really good non-molestation orders are um, really important and they can you know be be valuable to the people that that need them uh, my son is 15 with a court order which ends when he's 16 doesn't want to go to his dad's look all I would say is if he's 15 then he's going to vote with his feet 
um, essentially. And by the time, you know, if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to go. Um, by the time dad made an, an application to the court to enforce the existing order, chances are he's going to be um, 16 anyway. So the court aren't going to do too much about that. I think, you know, he needs to be listening to dad. Sorry, dad needs to be listening to the child. He's 15, doesn't want to go anymore. Um, Non-mal won't stop them doing anything and police won't do anything It's it's if it's breached, sadly. Well, disagree there. It, it can have consequences, a non-molestation order. I think it depends on the breach and it depends what they're doing. It also depends, sadly, on you know how helpful your local police station is. Um, and the people that you speak to there, um, you know, like everything, you'll get a different reaction, depend on who comes around to help you. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that, you know, they, they, they are better to have one than not if you need one. That's all I would say. Um, Mark Lewis, you have put your hand up whenever you're ready. Ask me a question. In court next Tuesday, so a week today. Yeah. Um, for an enforcement order. Yeah. Um, so I... I whether you remember or not, but uh, my ex is preventing everything really. There's yes. an order in place for a contact in a contact center. Yeah. And then she she wanted to change the contact center because it wasn't viable for us. We went back to court, but now she's denying contact altogether. And she is her solicitors now are trying to get the order set aside or binned. Right. What are the chances of that going forward? Because she's even stopped all um, indirect contact over the phone now. And it's like, I, I, I am going to play where I'm going. Like. So I think, again, it's difficult to answer because I don't want you to disclose too much on, on this platform. But it's going to depend yeah. on what her reasons for concern are. Um, the fact that you already have an order that says you are to have supervised contact is promising because what that tells oh, no. me... The, go on. The order is um, yeah. for supported. Supported, so okay. She said, yeah, what she said in the last one, that if she realised that it was supported, she wouldn't have allowed it. So but, so what, what she, is she saying? She wants it supervised? Well, she's even said she won't even consider supervised now. Okay, well... The, the, the difficulty that she has, and let's remember that you are the one that's enforcing this. So that's important yeah. for a couple of reasons, because you already have an order. So the court have already considered this case and have found it appropriate for you to have supported contact. OK, yeah. if she is now in breach of that order, which she is, the onus is on her to prove why she disagrees with the court's decision. And the court won't take too kindly to that because they've already considered these papers. And like I say, all the time I'm on here, they are so overrun. So the onus is going to be on her. You then went on to tell me that her solicitor is now trying to get a, a, an order that says no contact. But based on what? That That's the key. You know, if her allegations aren't serious enough, then you've got nothing to be worried about. The court may the court may investigate what she's saying just because they can't take your word for it, like the same way they can't take her word for it. But you yeah. need to yeah. push 
for that investigation. So whatever she raises at family court next Tuesday, your reply is going to be, but the courts haven't tested that evidence. They haven't explored those allegations. So the court, the court may be minded, Mark, to say, let's keep going with supported contact so that the children are safe and they keep having a relationship yeah. with you. And running parallel with that, we will look into those investigations. I got you. Yeah. Um, do you know with um, the, which the, they also look into like the indirect contact phone calls as well, will they? Absolutely. I mean, that there is no way a child is going to come to any harm having a FaceTime um, uh, conversation with you. And if mum's concerned, sometimes we say, well, look, mum can be present for the first five minutes. Because sometimes mums say, yeah. oh, yeah, but they're a bit, they don't want to do it. And they start crying, all the rest of it. That This is where mums need to step up and encourage contact. Do you know with, like, because she's claiming that Isabella's so terrified of me and that, you know, she doesn't want to talk to me and this, that and the other. But I've got evidence showing otherwise. Can I, do you know, if, if I'm... Obviously, recorded them calls. Yeah, could they be used in evidence in the court? Mm, not, not really. You'd have to ask permission for them to be used as evidence, and and obviously they were recorded without anyone actually knowing about them. But again, people always jump to defend. You know, I see it all the time. So an allegation is made, and people quickly jump to defend it. I would be asking mum if I were your representative. Why? Why is the child afraid? What is it that dad has done that the child is now so yeah. terrified of dad that she no longer wants to have contact? Because actually a lot of times it points to the resident parent, in this case, in your case, it's mum, being complicit in that, you know, justifying yeah. that the child is scared. In other words, you know, um, validating the child's feelings instead of saying, come on now, it's daddy, don't be silly. Let's yeah. get on the call. Let's get on the FaceTime. So you need to you need to challenge that, Mark, is what I'm saying. Rather than accepting um, and trying to defend, challenge that. My daughter made a comment to me um, because I bought a pony, right? She's always asked for a pony and I got horses. I always have. Yeah. And um, I said to her, are you excited to come over and ride the ponies? So obviously, when this is all is sorted. And she said, Dad, I got something to tell you serious. Um, uh please don't take me away from my mommy. Um, so I yeah. think her mother's telling her, like, that if you go and see your dad, that you're never going to see me again, kind yeah. of thing, like, you know? Yeah, which, which look, as borderline parental alienation. You know, it's emotional blackmail. Yeah. It, 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 it's all of the above, isn't it? it it's, it's letting, it's forcing the children to make a choice. It's either him or yeah. me. What's it going to be? Your call. Yeah. If you want to see him, yeah, that's yeah. it. Don't darken my door again. Now, if you know that... Kafkas are going to get involved again. You need to let yeah. Kafkas know of that, okay? So that they okay. can explore that. If they're aware that this is what's being said, they can most definitely explore that with mum and the children. Smashing. The thing to do, Mark, is keep going. And I say this to all dads in your position. It's really difficult, but you must keep going, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah Brilliant. Trust me, I get my times where I think... You know, I kind of give up, but, yeah. you know, I speak to her then and it pushes you forward again. That's it. That's it. And then you can always come back on the Discord and we'll give you a pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. No problem. That. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, Rihanna, you are next up. How can I help? So, basically, my partner's going through um, quite a long-winded um, child arrangements um, proceedings at the moment. Where yeah. Where Kafka's have highlighted quite severe 
parental alienation. Yeah. Oh, you've disappeared. Yeah. A guardian's been appointed and a solicitor, and we just want to know where we could sort of where he could put forward some sort of proposals for contact to get it sort of up and going again. I mean, indirect was asked, and it's been a year since that was ordered, and it's not obviously made any movement. Um, but he doesn't really know where to sort of go with it now. Like, does he say let's do a FaceTime? Does he say let's should we go to a contact? Um, there are no safeguarding concerns. It is literally just down to mum. So I think absolutely, Rihanna, his first point should be to try to co-parent with mum. If that's proving yeah, difficult, <laughs> okay, so that's proving difficult there, that's fine. Then I'm going to always suggest mediation as the next port of call. And of course, if that doesn't work, then it's going to have to be back to court, which is so sad. Okay. And the only reason I say it's sad is because it's just taking so long to get us, um, you know, into court at the moment, especially on children yeah. applications. Yeah, and I especially mean, this time of year. Two years now. Oh, bless. Um, contact's been withheld sort of two and a half. But, yeah. I mean, I have children that he's around. We've had to have assessments done and it's all fine. It's just, yeah. I know parental alienation is quite hard in a court to prove, but actually it is. the solicitor, Kafkas, and we're all sort of singing off the same page. But she just will not budge and we just don't really know where to go with it to be well e eventually the court's going to have to make a final order and and if kafkas are, are supportive of unsupervised contact then chances are they'll yeah. go with that the court will make that final okay. order maybe at the next hearing ask for if you've exhausted everything else ask the court to list yeah. it for a final hearing if there's nothing left okay. to investigate ask it ask for a final hearing Okay. okay. All right. Lovely. Thank you very much. That's all right. Bye. Um, quick question on uh, TikTok. Can social services overrule a court order? Um, my first answer was going to be no, because only a court order can overrule a court order. However, I then thought if a child is at risk, social services can obviously make an application for another court order to then have that child taken into care, an interim care order, essentially. So social services can't do it on their own, but they can make quick emergency applications to the court, um, literally that can be dealt with in a couple of hours um, if a child is really at risk. Um, so I hope that, that answers the question. So what Emily was asking me there is there's a child arrangements in order, um, sorry, the child arrangements order in place in respect of her children and they are with her sister. And I think what she was saying is that one of her children want to see her every weekend and the other child doesn't want to see her every weekend. What I would say, Emily, is, and Emily, I think, was asking me, do we have to go back to court to um, agree that? No, you don't. If your sister is in agreement to the children having that additional contact with you or any additional contact outside of the order, generally what we put at the bottom of child arrangements orders is and any other contact as can be agreed between the parties. Because what the court want you to do is to agree between yourselves rather than taking it back to court. So if you are both in agreement to your kids having more contact with you, that's absolutely fine. The only matters that we want to see back at court are those where you're not able to remedy them yourself. So I really, really hope, Emily, that's answered your question. If it hasn't, put a message in TikTok because I am watching the TikTok. And if I see that I got that quite wrong, um, then I will I'll happy, happily answer that again. Failing that, Emily, email me, OK? Tracy at MaloneyFamilyLaw.com. Drop me an email. 
I do get round to them. It takes me a day or two, sometimes a bit more, but I do get, get to them eventually, okay? So if all else fails and they haven't answered your question, drop me an email. Um, Nick Moonstone, what's your question? I've been through a court to my ex-husband, soon-to-be ex-husband regarding yeah. the children. Yeah. Um, and that's all sorted now. He's decided he doesn't want contact. That's put in place. Okay. Um, question to you is more aimed at the divorce side of things. Yeah. Um, I had legal aid all the way through the children and legal help with regards to the divorce because there was a history of domestic abuse. Um, we were married in 2016 and I had evidence back prior to that, back in 2014, from then on, and we split in 2016 as well. Yeah. He applied for divorce, um, and at the time, because it was uh, back before COVID, um, he applied under myself being unreasonable and for me to cover the costs of the divorce. Now, due to me receiving legal aid and not working and not being able to pay for the divorce, I, when the courts put it through, they put that he had the option to reclaim the costs from me. But um, I spoke to my sister under legal aid and she said that, you know, we would go back to court, show the evidence, show that it was you that was unreasonable. Um, it just means that he has the option to apply to have the costs um, taken back from you. How would he go about doing that? Can he now approach me, even though there's been non-molestation orders in place and things, or would he have to advise a solicitor to contact me how would he be able to do that please with regard to the cost order are you asking me how how he goes about yeah. doing that yeah so effectively the court will give him the cost order which is a piece of paper basically saying that you pay the court costs he would then just serve okay. that on you and he can do that via post he can do it via email he can even use a process server if you ignore that cost order and don't give him the costs, then his only remedy is to take it back to court and enforce the cost order, okay? Now, obviously, right. the court would then potentially uh, list it for a hearing to see why you object to paying. Perhaps you can't afford to pay it. And you would be asking that that hearing go ahead via Teams because there is a non-molestation order in place. Okay, that's fab. Thank you so much. You're yeah. welcome. No problem. Thanks, Thank Nick. Bye-bye. Um, so yeah. Emily came back onto the TikTok and I did get it a bit mixed up. I'm sorry, Emily. What Emily was asking me is the order says that her son, well, her children have every weekend contact with her. Her daughter still wants to do that, but her son doesn't. What I would say, Emily, is, again, if you want to jump back on and tell me how old your son is, I'd appreciate that. You can just let me know on the TikTok. Um if they're sort of in that teenage, you know, 13, 14, 15, I wouldn't push it. You know, it, he might say, can I just come on alternate weekends? And then it might be, you know, he'll come one weekend out of three. But let him... Oh, she said he's nearly 13. Thanks, Kirst. Um, if he's nearly 13, I, I would kind of be listening to what he wants to do. Um, and I know that you said to me on the Discord, he doesn't have friends, he doesn't have things to do, but maybe he just wants to be. You know, maybe he just has his own stuff going on. It might even be a computer games. I know when mine were that age, they never left their bedroom because of the computer games and the friends and all the rest of it. They would literally come down when they were hungry. I wouldn't push it is what I'm trying to say, um, especially at that age. They're going through all sorts of changes and hormones themselves. He'll come round. Um, so so don't force it is what I would. As long as, as long as all the adults that are involved are happy, leave it there. 
Um, hope that helps. Guys, I know there's a few of you with your hands up, but I'm so sorry. I'm going to run off this evening because I have a date in the pub at seven o'clock like the rest of the nation do. But I am back tomorrow at five o'clock. So for those of you still waiting, I am sorry. I'm going to run out the door, <laughs> but come back and join me tomorrow at five um, and I will help hopefully be able to answer some more of your questions. Until then, take care and whichever side you support, may they win. I don't mean that. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye-bye.